Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. Delighted to be back in the studio, and I thank you very much for joining us. And Jeff is with us again as uh, usual. Greetings. And I want to uh, emphasize something to you on the beginning of this program. I know that many of the things we bring to you are different. And we're doing it because it's different, but not, not because we want to start a war or just be different, but because in every age God is doing something different. And in the Old Testament, we remember that there was a manna that fell each day. And it wasn't to be carried over to the next day. They had to eat the manna for the next day. And that's the way the Word of God is, that God has a, a word, a manifestation, a manna for that day, and then we're, we're to eat the manna that falls the next day. So we're trying to bring you the manna that has fallen in, in this day, what God is doing in this day. So for those of you who got your uh, education in the Bible or your study or your seminary teachings in, in years past, and what we say sounds different to you, we're hoping that you'll take it as an upgrade rather than, rather than us trying to say you're wrong because there are things that have been revealed in this age that were sealed until this age. So previous ages could not know them. So the, the theological seminaries that would base themselves on Luther's teachings or Wesley's teachings, there's no way that Luther could have known those things, Wesley could have known those things, or even Pentecost of the uh, 1906 coming on up could not have known them. They were not revealed. It's only in the last few years that these things have actually been opened up. Now, many of the things we say, of course, will be familiar to you because there's been truths in, in every age and we all mutually as Christians share, share those truths. So as we go into a subject, please listen with an open mind. Don't compare it with what you think you already know, but please compare it with Scripture. And then I think you'll find that the Bible will open to you in a way that maybe it's never opened to you before. And that's the hope of us in this program with Global Answers to share with you the Word of God, the eternal Word of God, which is life itself, transforming power of life itself. Today, Jeff and I are going to talk about God back before the foundation of the world. And then we're going to, in the next program or two, start working on up with God in our, in our direction, up, heading up toward our day, where we wanted to show you the God of way back. And the scripture only hints at those things, but the message of the hour has opened those things to our understanding. We know that the book of Colossians and other places talks about the invisible God. And John 4 says that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So starting with the spirit God, all alone, way back, no atoms, no molecules, uh, nothing, no quarks, no nothing, nothing, nothing. Just God, only God is eternal. And now, now take your thinking back with us. We're going back, back, no angels, no sun, no moon, no stars, no earth, no nothing but the one the one eternal God. And there's God all alone. And Jeff, can you tell me what's with him? 
<laughs> his thoughts. His thoughts. Yes, yeah, the only exactly. thing that is with God is his thoughts. And so God, the eternal God, the self-existent God, was alone with his thoughts. And he had one desire, and a primary desire, and that was to be known. God wants to be known. And uh, so in his uh, great and infinite, not finite, but infinite mind, he had a plan. Brother Lonnie said something at the very beginning that we're not trying to make ourselves, nor should anybody make themselves in, uh, in Christendom odd or unique or strive to be odd or unique uh, or different. But we have to also acknowledge uh, that when somebody like the Apostle Paul, who was formerly called Saul, when the Apostle Paul, uh, who had been persecuting the way, persecuting the Christians, uh, was on uh, his road uh, to Damascus to bring more Christians to prison, he met the great pillar of fire. And after he met that great pillar of light, this Logos, this uh, great almighty God, after he met uh, this great light, he realized that he was wrong in all of his theology. And he had a lot of good, solid truth. As a Pharisee, the Bible says concerning the law, he was flawless, blameless. But in, in all of his zeal, he was persecuting truth. How amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. How amazing. But we all tend to do that because mm -hmm. we tend to base our truths on the traditional teachings we've always heard. Yeah. And then when God opens up something new, like he did to Saul, yeah. it was a whole new thing to him to think that this pillar of fire could be called Jesus. You know, Lord, who are you? That you yeah. go, and there you go. And I don't think that after he got the proper concept of, of God, particularly God incarnate in the man Jesus Christ, but after he got the proper concept, I don't believe that he wanted to start riots, but he did. Yeah, truth will do that. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, in the Old Testament, we find that when there are trumpet sounds, and the trumpets are sounding, we find that the, uh, they're, they're used to gather to an assembly, and they're used to call the people together, and they're used to declare war. <laughs> yeah. And there is a gospel trumpet, and sadly enough, it always declares war, because it declares war on traditions. That's what, exactly what happened with Jesus, that's what happened with Paul. And we're not trying to start wars, but we may start some debates, but I hope we'll just start you thinking, that's the main thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that Let's, let's start you thinking. Let's get you thinking on a path towards the things of God, perhaps lifting you above uh, even your own traditions, as I was, as Brother Lonnie was, lifted above our traditions. Jesus uh, came to a woman uh, at the well, and he finally told her, he says, you worship whom you know not. Right, yeah. And she says, well, we worship the God of Abraham and, uh, you know, we're Samaritans and it's not customary for you being a Jew to ask us uh, to get you a drink of water or there's segregation between us. But he went on to tell her, God seeketh such to worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus was saying, you think you have truth, but you don't. You have bits and pieces of truth. So the, did Jesus, the first thing that he said to a woman uh, who was a religious and a follower of the God of Abraham, he said, God wants you to know truth and God wants you to worship the true God in spirit and truth. So does God uh, just say, hey, all of you believe anything you want, I'll accept every one of you. Doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't, does it? Doesn't work that way. Now let's come back to our spirit God and you'll yeah. find out in a moment why it doesn't work that way. 
The Spirit God that was in the beginning, as we said, all alone, the only thing he had with him was his own thoughts. We sometimes call them his own attributes. Because in him, in his thoughts, were certain desires to declare. He wanted to be known. He wanted to become. In fact, mm -hmm. one of the part of the title of Jehovah means the God who is becoming. He's still becoming because he hasn't expressed himself in total yet. He's still still expressing everything that's still in his mind. Mm -hmm. that, might, that might go on for eternity. I don't know. It's because he's a mighty big God. Yes. But the, the concept now is, here, here's a simple concept. It'll help you a lot in understanding all things. The Spirit God, all alone, with his thoughts and a desire to declare himself and manifest those thoughts. Now, a thought is a word, excuse me, I got it backwards. A word is a thought expressed. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the first thing that, that could declare from the thought is word. Now, God's word now here, uh, some of our Muslim friends that might be listening in, this may clear up something for, for you. God declares his word to be a seed. And it's, it is the kind of seed in certain instances, just like the seed that a man carries, in that planted in the proper place, it can produce a life. And the life that's produced is a replication of the very life that was in the man. And so then the scripture says we are born again by the seed incorruptible, the word of God. So now that's God's own seed. His word is his seed because it's logos, and that's the Greek word for the for we're talking about now for that kind of word, logos. And logos means the thought, the, excuse me, the word with the thought in it. The word with the thought in it. Now, stay with me. Paint yourself a mental picture now. We've got, we've got God wanting to declare himself. Mm -hmm. He's got thoughts that he wants to share, wants to materialize, shall we say. So now out of, out of the mind of the invisible God his comes now a word manifestation and that's in the scripture called Logos. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Logos. And the Logos was with God, not two separate parties. The Logos was with God in that it was in his thinking. Mm -hmm. And the Logos was God mm -hmm. because it's God who is declaring himself. And so now out of God now comes this materialization that's known as logos or word, and it is an expression of the invisible God. Hmm. So it's not a separate entity expressing a separate thing. It's that the only eternal God expressing himself in the form of this logos. But the logos, now here, listen close, Muslims. The, the logos is now the Son of God because it came out from the Spirit God and is now manifestation. So now the Spirit God becomes Father and the manifestation becomes Son. Listen close. But it's not two separate entities because the Logos was with God and the Logos was God. So it is God himself, the high and lofty one, condescending down now to meet his one day creation in flesh. And so now he's moving down from this high and lofty realm. He's moved down now, we'll call it dimensions, if we can call it that, moved down lower now, coming closer to us, closer to us. But now he moved from spirit God, invisible form into logos form. 
And in Logos form, he can take on any form he wants to. As he led the children of Israel, it says he was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. That was Logos. That was Christ. And so now, but this is the sun being manifested. But if you can catch the image now, the sun is God's own life in a form. The sun is God's own life in a form. So the, the words I, I speak to you, Brother Lonnie, the words that I speak to you are an expression coming out of my thoughts. And of course, as I speak to you, I'm hoping it's the mind, the thoughts of God. But nevertheless, in the natural sense, they're coming from my mind to my words to paint a picture coming into your ears. So now you have an expression of what's in my, in my heart. We've taken it thus far. So now we've got the invisible God with his thoughts. Hmm. The thoughts now with his invisible God with a desire to express those thoughts. They move from thought to word, which is Logos, which is Christ. But God himself is expressing himself in that. So it's not a second person of the Godhead. It's God moving into another office now of, of sonship. And then we can trace this Logos form, pillar of fire by night, cloud by day, as he led the children of Israel. And I think, Jeff, you were talking about Melchizedek. Yeah. You want to talk about Melchizedek <clears throat> a little bit? I find uh, Melchizedek to be very interesting. Uh, he, he, his name is also called uh, King of Righteousness. Melk is king, and our Melchek is king, and then uh, Zedek Zedek. is righteousness. Yeah. So he was king of righteousness, or uh, he's also, at that time, he was called the king of Salem or Jerusalem. But in the strictest sense, we know that this wasn't a, a mortal king because he served Abraham communion. Mm -hmm. And uh, Abraham paid to Melchizedek tithe of all that he ever owned. So this uh, great Melchizedek was God in a form, God condescending. Uh, think about this. Um, in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that, uh, that God would come down in the cool of the day and fellowship with Adam and Eve. Well, he took on a form. Adam and Eve were in bodies, so God took on a form. So it should not be a mystery that Almighty God, the Spirit God, can take on a form. So we find that he took on a form uh, in the garden with Adam and Eve. He took on a form uh, with Melchizedek. He took on a form with, as Elohim on the plains of Mamre. When the two angels went down to Sodom, the one angel stayed up with Abraham and told Abraham everything that he was going to do down in Sodom and gave Abraham a promise of a promised son. That was God in a form. God in a form. Yeah. And that's a shadow of something that's happening right today. And I, and I want to uh, talk to you about that later. But let me, if you don't mind, Jeff, yeah. I'd like to come back to Melchizedek. Yeah. Let's read about what Paul wrote to the Hebrews now, to the Hebrews. So this, he's re writing this to the Jewish people in uh, chapter 7 of he the book of Hebrews. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, paid him tithes, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, listen to this, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Mm -hmm. So without, 
And the theologians just say, well, what it really means is we have no record of his father, no record of his mother. It doesn't say that. Not at all. It says without father, without mother, without beginning of days. So if he had no beginning of days, no father, no mother, then it's eternal and there's only one eternal. It's God. <laughs> so God himself had materialized into the form of man that is called a priest. And there's a shadow there about Abraham meeting Melchizedek and all that that uh, types out after the slaughter of the kings, offering communion, which the believers, Jesus said, I'll not uh, partake of this bread and wine with you and, and, until we go into my father's kingdom. So after our battle is all finished on earth, we go, go back and meet. But it said that Jesus was going to be made a priest after the order of Melchizedek, which, which means that it didn't descend from any particular lineage like Levi and Aaron and that line of the priesthood of the Jews, but rather... And Jesus was out of the uh, lineage of Judah. Mm -hmm. And so now here we are completely breaking the law type, which means that the law is passing away because the law specified that it was the Aaronic priesthood. Now the Melchizedek priesthood comes into existence with Jesus, which has, again, with a priest that has no beginning, no end. So there is an eternal something tied into here that tells us our, that Jesus is our priest forever. Mm -hmm. And that he having become flesh, knows our weaknesses, knows our temptations, knows our tests, so he can be a very uh, sympathetic priest in that understanding the weaknesses of us while we're still in this dimension called, called flesh. So friends, that's just one of the manifestations. The theologians, I think, call these theophanies, which mm -hmm. is a word appearances, word appearances. When uh, Jacob wrestled with the angel on right. his way back to meeting his brother Esau, and he wrestled with an angel, we read it carefully, the angel was not like a, what we normally think an angel. It was God, God in flesh. He wrestled with God. Mm -hmm. And so, again, there's, there's types in all of these that, that uh, if you were to write for us on, to our website in a, in a book called The Exposition of the Seven Church Ages, you'll hear most of these types all brought out for you in greater detail. But in our 30-minute program, we can scarcely go into all the types. We're just giving you the highlights. And the, so now we've got God who appeared... Uh, in the form of an angel to uh, Jacob. And then we've got God appearing to Abraham in the flesh of a man. And then the one Jeff referred to when, when Abraham was out on the plains of Mamre and three men came walking up to him. And it's interesting that Abraham addresses him as my Lord, singular, yet he sees three, but only addresses as one. And then the man discerns his heart and discerns the thoughts in uh, Sarah's heart in the tent behind him, the scripture says in Hebrews that the word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And then confirmed to them that he would visit them according to the time of life and they would have the promised son. And he called Abram, Abraham, which was his new name, and Sarai, Sarah, which was her new name, which had only just happened, I think, just the chapter before. Mm -hmm. And so here God knew these things and God said, I am going to visit you according to the time of life. So here God appeared again to Abraham just before the coming of the promised son. Beautiful shadow there. That's, that's fulfilled with Luke 17, 30 in the New Testament with the revealing of the Son of Man. God, Jesus, um, ministry of Jesus Christ declared again, manifested on earth again just before the promised son, which would be the meeting in the air. Between Abraham and the promised son, we read it real carefully in there, and we can find that Abraham and Sarah had a change in their body. 
And the scripture says that we're going to have, we'll all be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye to meet the Lord in the air. So consequently, all these things in the Old Testament are laying out shadows of something that is to come. But as we talk about the Spirit God and His materializations, did you want to add anything at this time, yeah. Jeff? Just uh, out of John, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Brother Lonnie touched on that. Let's look at that again, in the beginning. So the beginning is when things were created. Before the beginning, God was alone, eternal with His thoughts. After the beginning, the eternal God began to create. He spoke into existence the sun, the moon, the stars, the world that we know today. And he brought Adam and Eve into existence. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. But that Logos was God. And then John uh, 1.14 says, And that Word, that Logos that was in the beginning with God, that was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we know him as the only begotten of the Father, Jesus Christ. So that word that was back in the beginning, again, was God in a form. Right. God descending or condescending. Yeah, now I, I've heard people say, how could it be that a spirit God has a flesh son? Mm -hmm. And because, you know, how can a spirit God have relations with a woman? They would right. think yeah. and produce a son. And that, the answer is laying right there, if you, if you could have caught it. This same God that came in the form of a pillar of fire or a cloud or Melchizedek or... Uh, visiting Abraham in the various forms that he did. That same God then overshadowed a virgin, placed in her a germinated blood cell. He didn't germinate her ovum. It was entirely God, all God. He placed in her a germinated blood cell, and then she became a borrowed womb, just like Jesus died, was buried in a borrowed tomb. But he borrowed her womb then for the development of this body that he was going to step into. And then in stepping into it, Jesus said, it's not me. That's the flesh man talking. It's not me. I don't do the works. It's the Father that dwelleth mm -hmm. in me. He does the works. And so we find then, and then Corinthians 5, it says, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So God now, one of these thoughts he must have had before the foundation of the world is, I want to be a savior. So somebody has to be lost. And to do that, then, he had this plan way down in time where one day he would, he would become kin to man by becoming flesh. He had to be our kinfolk. He would become kin to man that he could be our redeemer to bring us back into a place where Adam and Eve fell from. The whole plan of God is laid out all the way through scripture and little types and shadows and pieces make it a complete thing. It's almost like putting together a puzzle, but it takes a prophet or a Holy Ghost experience combined to, to put the thing together for you or for me or for any of us. It, we, it's, it's beyond, it's, it is so big mm -hmm. and yet so simple mm -hmm. that the natural mind can't do it. It's hidden, Jesus said, from the wise and prudent, but revealed. That's the, what the church is built on is Revelation. Did you want to pick up on anything here, Jeff? Uh, just one thing, and that is, is that generally what, what stands in the way of revealed truth is our former traditions. Right. And it's very easy for traditions to uh, blur the truth and blind us to the realities of God's Word. So as Brother Lonnie said at the very onset of uh, our session with you here, that is, is that look at these things with a fresh eye, with, a, with an open heart. And... I, I would say for the majority of you, what, have we, what we have said today wasn't unique or new to you. But for some of you, it was very unique and very new. 
And if you want more information and are interested, we have a lot of material, a myriad of material we can send to you. But particularly, we've been referring to the Church Age book, The Exposition of the Seven Church Ages. So I would urge you to order that book. We'd love to get that to you uh, free of charge. We want you to have that so that you can learn. And as, as Brother Lonnie said, this is just a segment, just a portion of what we've been talking about. So our great God has come down. He has taken on flesh in Melchizedek, in uh, in this angel that met Abraham, uh, God in a form. So it should be no mystery that God can come in, in a man named Jesus. And that would be God, the Bible says, in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And Jesus was uh, the, the fulfillment of the shadow of Melchizedek in the Old Testament. And so Melchizedek was laying out a shadow of this great one, Jesus Christ, to come. And that great one, Jesus Christ, would be the redeemer of mankind. He would shed his own blood, not the blood of a lamb or a bull or a goat. But the Bible says without the remission of sin or without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So blood had to be shed. And so the blood of bulls and goats cannot make a man perfect. It can only cover his sins. But the blood of Jesus Christ can not only divorce the man from his sins, but that same blood, the life that's in the blood can come back upon the sinner, that person that's repenting can come back upon that believing sinner and that person can then receive the very life of God living in them. And so in a sense, it's God again now in the form of his church or his bride. God still taking on a form. <clears throat> Brother Lonnie? I, I just wanted to say, you touched on a yeah. point. I want to make sure they get it. Uh, if you can catch the camera now to, to stay with my glasses laying here on my lap. Are we, can we see the glasses on my lap here? I want to be sure we can see that, okay? So these glasses now, they're representing sin. This, this is sin laying right here. And so now the law only covered the sin in right. God's eyes. But the sin was still there. It's still there. So it didn't change a man. It just covered it as far as God is what's concerned. But the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't just cover it. We'll pull this away. They're gone. It's, it's the sin is gone, completely Wonderful. obliterated. Friends, Wonderful. we're going to continue on. Stay with us for the next session. Write to us if you've got questions. We'd love to hear from you. Bye for now, and God bless you. God bless you. Wanted to show you in our search for light, walking in light, and knowing what truth is, I want to recommend this book to you, which is the Exposition of the Seven Church Ages. You'll find it at the end of the program, our website. You can order it from there and it'll show you inside the, the relative light in each age that we're in. We know that Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3 are seven churches of Asia, and those seven churches are historical or prophetic of an age to come. We're over here in this very last age. So I recommend that you get a hold of this book. If you want to know where we are in time or what God's doing, this is it. a DVD of today's program entitled God Before the Beginning. Write to us at Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road in Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 here in the USA. Or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. We'd like to remind you that your comments and questions are very important to us. So please take the time to send us an email. Our address is info at globalanswers.us. 
May the Lord Jesus Christ richly